he knew that he needed to give me a little carrot to get me out of the where I was by saying, you can't save me, but you can save your sister. And that was the pivotal moment because he knew that I was also a little bit rebellious and fearless and that that could be also an issue um, that could be detrimental for my life and my safety in some ways. And I remember when I shifted from me to her, I was unstoppable. It's just like like a mother's instinct. You, you have a daughter. And even though I never experienced that, beside feeling at the moment and for most of the time, as a truly mother, mother instincts and doing anything that I can possibly do to protect my sister life. Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. On my keynote, The Happiness Fallacy, I speak about my husband grandmother, Armin Malikian, who in 1915 survived the Armenian genocide. And she's one of my personal heroes because in spite of a so difficult starting and life circumstances, she created and she enjoyed a beautiful, beautiful life until she was 100 years old. And I really believe that we can learn so much from people who have endured unimaginable and they really went from fear to greatness. And my special guest today is absolutely one of these inspiring human beings. And we have here Isabella, who was born in Sarajevo. She survived the Yugoslavia war where more than 100,000 people lost their lives and millions of people were displaced and became refugees. And Isabella was one of these refugees. She managed to escape to Sweden and then here to the US. We are lucky, lucky to have her now here in the US. And she, from her teenager years with all these hard art circumstances. She became a change maker. She's been dynamic in doing many things, including now as a leadership executive coaches, where she really leveraged her experience of living in six countries, speaking six different languages. And she has been traveling the world over 50 different countries working with a diversity of organizations. And she's recognized worldwide as a catalyst of sustainable solutions for global leaders, uh, helping them in their most pressing challenges. So thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness, Anna. <laughs> what an introduction. <laughs> I'm deeply touched and it's absolute pleasure. Yeah. And is Odyssey is all about your life history and how, for me, I was reading your book and how you transform the hardships in your life into growth and opportunity is truly remarkable and I think inspire for so many people. And you also, in your book, you interview other people there that 
that uh, with different stories, because that is the thing. Uh, many different the sports people that you interview in the book. And by the way, the name of the book is The World Messenger from Fear to Greatness, Bus uh, Business, Sports and Life. So, uh, and I will put uh, this on the show notes, of course, of the episode here. But let's start. Can you tell us one story that illustrates how you transform, how you start this transformation from fear into a drive to survive and thrive? Thank you so much for, um, again, a great introduction and also mentioning your Armenian grandmother, but also for asking me that question because certain issues are consistently happening and even during the modern times. I'm going to kind of answer it backwards because I had a privilege after serving on many different boards and escaping the war zone, uh, serving people from over 120 countries that experienced similar issues. And I was sitting for on board specifically that I'm very proud of for genocide prevention. And we examined all the genocides that happened in 20th century, including Armenian genocide that was never recognized by Turkish government and um, that was very difficult for people to reconcile and heal. Till genocide uh, that I experienced in a war zone and ethnic cleansing occurred in former Yugoslavia, which I was able to um, actually share that not only because I was young, but because I had an incredible foundation growing up by my phenomenal father and my phenomenal grandmother, I had a chance and opportunity to really uh, go deeper and, and understand what that foundation that they installed to me is what I will do to face anything in life. And I remember was that built on strong respect for myself, for family, for family values. I remember my grandma said, no matter how challenging and difficult things get, promise you will never jeopardize how we raised you, but also that you will never hurt yourself or do anything to yourself. And mm -hmm. I was wondering when I was a little girl, why she's saying that. And obviously um, facing not only real danger, but simultaneously really horrible fear uh, when you are in protected midst of the war zone, when you are tried to push to spread propaganda news, when you're tried to be pivoted against your people or, or your neighbors or your loved ones um, puts so much stress and pressure on young, young human. And, and I was a teenager at the time. And when I looked at all of that together, um, for me was no option. Can I, should I, well, I was just, I just did it. And, and I said, only chance I can have it not only to survive is by being extremely resourceful and, and do everything possible imaginable. And was one very pivotal moment at the time, Ayana. My dad was dying and he didn't want to be saved through uh, channels or what was offered at a time that will jeopardize all these values. But he knew that he needed to give me a little carrot to get me out of the where I was by saying, you can't save me, but you can save your sister. And that was the pivotal moment because he knew that I was also a little bit rebellious and fearless and that that could be also an issue um, that could be detrimental for my life and my safety in some ways. And I remember when I shifted from me to her, 
I was unstoppable. It's just like like a mother's instinct. You you yeah. have a daughter, and even though I never experienced that beside feeling at the moment and for most of the time as a truly mother, mother instincts and doing anything that I can possibly do to protect my sister life. And that really was anchor on all levels, which was failure was not even an option. I even yeah. thinking about what if there was no option there, right? For me, it was just like thinking cluster clear, 100% being present, focused, what can I do in every moment to maximize opportunity of our survival that she has everything she needs? That she, do we have enough of food? Does she have a water? Do we have enough of insulin? Whatever was the scenario, what is absolute necessary that I have to have on me if everything else is taken and stripped down? And when you start really positioning in these Again, amazing scenarios that nobody taught you, but you follow your instincts. That really is what drives you to step away from those fears, face those fears, survive. And then after escape was happened from that first stage uh, to figure out ways how to thrive. And uh, yeah, that is uh, you in many ways, uh, your family raise you uh, or your Initial conditions, you you had a strong mindset. You had a, a go-getting attitude and that rebellion uh, attitude that you speak about, and that seems that your dad knew very well his daughter, and how he facilitate you be able to tap into all that potential for your own survivor and your sister's survival. Uh, because it, when you um, escape was when was the Sar Sarajevo size of the city? So was was really uh, the, we are speaking really extreme circumstances here, and you managed to go to Sweden to start a living there, and then when you knew that your sister will be okay, that she will be uh, because your brother was already there, so you knew that things um, they were okay. What was the drive that make you okay? I want, um, I want more. I want to um, uh, really take your wings and fly. What was that uh, drive after you met that minimal that took you to the next stage? Sure, and and just to kind of for correction on a couple of things. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, no problem. Um, I was in a siege, uh, um, Sarajevo, and outskirts of Sarajevo. I wasn't at the time in the middle of of inside. I was able, as a student, uh, to leave and escape. Uh, and um, but we were still in the siege, horrible circumstances where was no no movement, and we were constantly receiving a lot of of refugees, a lot of patrols, a lot of um, aftermath of attacks that. But, um, we just didn't know what's going to happen. And escape was with one of the last convoys for sick and elderly. My sister was type one diabetic and um, somehow I was, allowed to be um without disclosure her escort and 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 even though um i was fearing for my life and i was worried if i'm gonna be taken off if i'm gonna be prosecuted or whatever scenario might be because we're so many variables uh that played out politically uh at the time but escape that got me finally to sweden was a crusade and uh, to look in retrospect 
I just never could possibly imagine if somebody told me what I'm going to experience, I would be like, no way, no way I can do that. But just because there was so much going on that it was this constant action um, that really the best way to overcome any challenges and specifically fears is just to get in that action mode and get on the other side. When things settled enough, I realized how I love Sweden and that um, I was able to adjust myself extremely well in those environments, not only by learning language and serving uh, people from former Yugoslavia linguistically, either legally or social service wise or, or whatever scenario they may need it. And definitely for purposes for my sister, for her, um, because she was quite shy, even though she was a year <laughs> and a half older and she would never advocate for herself. I, 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 I made a pact with her. I said, we really need to figure out how to advocate because I may not always be here to advocate for you. And it's kind of interesting how I intuitively knew that change is coming. Ironically, um, in Sweden, even though I was I was single and, and considered separate from my sister's case, because my sister had a diabetes and was depending on many different factors, believe it or not, she was better fit to stay and get permanent residency than me. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I was pursuing to, with her to move to US. I was doing petitions in Canada, Australia, everywhere, uh, English-speaking countries and countries that were accepting the refugees at that time. And I had the best chance to come to United States, but not her because of her pre-existing yeah. uh, life conditions and uh, health conditions. Um, and it was such a breaking point and everything that I deeply down fear exactly happened uh, for her to go. What she needed to give up was the safety net of having access to healthcare and insulin and everything she experienced that she could not jeopardize because she barely survived. She had a lot of initial complications due to the war and everything we experienced and was too much to ask of her to sacrifice that because I didn't know what variables we're going to experience in the United States and how we're going to overcome that. On the other hand, uh, for me to stay was facing most likely deportation, even though they leverage and utilize my skill set, not only as an interpreter and translator, but also as an advocate and, 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 and also someone who works so much with uh, diverse children as an educator. And I realized uh, there was too much risk to sit and wait for over three, three and a half years of my status uh, to be denied and deported so- and separated that brutal way. So I followed the trail and did everything I could do to get permanent residency and be uh, prove my refugee status and go that direction. And that was the moment um, where, where, I, where I sacrificed everything. When I mean Anna, everything is like, I did unspeakable again, because I have a chance to sit and wait and still get a negative outcome or be proactive and then choose what's best for me and, and, and consciously decide that what is best for me is not best for my sister and vice versa. And that the, at that moment, even if we need to separate, either we'll be either temporarily or even if it's permanent, we'll figure it out. And that's exactly what I did. I found the path that I could come permanently here to the United States and I 
got temporary visa from Sweden, which was unheard of when you're waiting on your status to get opportunity to leave the country so you can still come back if that fails. That was the only safety net I had. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, everything else I read to go to Vienna, to be interviewed, to go through, again, grilling process of uh, proving not only refugee status, going through all the medical exams and tests and everything uh, to be able then to arrive uh, here in the United States um, as a refugee. It's, it's absolutely extraordinary. But let, let's fast forward the uh, to more recent times, okay, you came to the United States, you really thrive here in so many different ways. How do all your experience, this experience that you are just telling us a little bit about, and you go in more detail in your book, but how all this experience have prepared you for the work that you do today with organizations, teams, and leaders? That is a phenomenal question, Anna. Definitely opportunity, obviously, to tap into resourcefulness and being conduit of change because I've been exposed to so much change that I learned to embrace it and not resist it. I also learned to, to how to transform personally on so many levels from different countries to different languages uh, to uh, different expectations and different ways of living, right? As well as conducting the business. And then that also gift came in in such a different ways. It's like, I work with so many people from these regions that these large corporations operate or, or, or conduct the business or wanted to uh, explore um, new growing markets. And all of a sudden I was able to see this, the same coin, but just two different sides of it at any given time and gave me in a very strong acumen, not only of global business and, and, and management and uh, the world, the essence of the world, but also gave me so much insights also uh, from different ways like corporate business in America and what corporations are aiming for, what they're looking and then also struggle that a lot of executives have, even though they have so many countries and cultures and people working for them, how they still don't necessarily diversify or include in process or decision-making or don't have a necessarily shared understanding, uh, not only what's going on internally in, in uh, with their internal stakeholders in their organizations, but also what's going on outside in where they operate and with, with the global communities. So that gave me so much opportunity to pivot and leverage, but also to give them perspective uh, way before this globalization. And now with everything that is going on, I feel like it's more crucial than ever before. Absolutely, because that attitude of embracing change, embracing chaos, uh, and knowing that you can come stronger in the other side, uh, I think is something that organizations and even Odyssey, uh, if we look to all stakeholders and the workforce in terms of, yes, it's not the same pressures that were in the war situation, of course not, but we are living unprecedented times with the COVID situation. Odyssey people are, uh, because I, I, I think sometimes when we speak, people like you, like uh, the, my husband, grandmother, Armand, that I was speaking in the beginning, uh, sometimes, yes, we admire and we get inspired, 
and we also can have a critical voice saying, okay, if we are not, uh, if they manage to do all that, uh, why I'm complaining about uh, that my boss doesn't respect me. It's not life-threatening. But I think we have to understand that uh, I, I, it's a big trap, this kind of direct comparisons. We can learn from uh, how people face hardships and difficulties, and we can apply that learning in more modest situations. And sometimes it's so, okay, there are people here in the United States in the, with the COVID there, or there are families that, kids that lost both parents and more people, it's Odyssey. And if that is not trauma, I don't know what trauma is. When you, in a couple of months, you can lose both parents or, and if sometimes even the grandparents and then, and now what? And in the workforce was a lot of stuff. So how can people, wherever they are, whatever is their scenario, their situation, how can people, because as a coach, that is one of the things that help them tap into their potential, tap, transform fear into greatness. What can be the, like the, the first steps? I love the question. And then you're right. Right now we're experiencing highest amount of fear we ever seen, right? And so many variables. And even at the start of this year, with stock falling, with uh, more lockdowns, with uh, more um, uh, challenges for people because we reached the threshold of emotional capacity and a lot of people cannot handle it. But that is also a great opportunity because it's like, what is that we're worried the most, right? What is really the most troublesome at the moment, right? By facing the fears head on, meaning whatever comes up emotionally that gives that horrible anxiety and stress or, 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 or paralyzing fear to feel helplessness, we have to have opportunity just to think about it's like, what is this? And the picket and I'm like, is it, am I worried about losing house or job or security safety? Um, how, how founded that is, you know, it's like in having conversation with loved one, specifically we have a partner or, 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 or family members that we can have a very honest conversation around. And then what maybe actions we can take to prevent and making sure that they were never actualized so that that fear can really evaporate, right? That's, and, 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 and then just go down the list, whatever that is, um, because fears will come and go. Sometimes will reappear when we least expect, sometimes when we're triggered. Uh, we don't have to experience, as you mentioned, severe life-threatening situations like I did and so many. But today, uh, whatever it's life-threatening for you and relevant, either is the health issue, other is um, a safety issue, uh, because everybody has something that they're dealing with or at least should be, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. people deny that. And more we deny, more all of that accumulates. And one thing that uh, you speak in your story and uh, I think is underlined here is the importance of uh, to some kind of action. Recognize yeah. the feeling and not running away from the fear. It's not saying, no, the fear is not there. No, it's recognizing there I'm feeling this and speaking about is an action. But yeah. and uh, 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 look for the resources that sometimes we don't see, but uh, 
but be in a more action mode, correct? Correct. When 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 things are really happening, like for example, let's say like I'm looking for a job, just by fearing what's the market like, even though it's great resignation, what are great cultures and environments out there, right? If I continue to stay fear without even putting my toe in the water and preparing myself and knowing what's going on, I, I might completely just paralyze myself and say, no way I'm going to be able to find anything, right? But if, but if I act on it, which a lot of people are struggling and looking for a job, so that's why I'm sharing this, uh, or, or contract, or whatever it might be, scenario, a scenario to be financially uh, stable. Everybody is now feeling like no matter how much you have saved, with everything changing, I need a more financial stability. So uh, definitely understanding, am I positioned for best for, for, for that process? What is missing? Even though I'm procrastinating, fearing to do that, uh, reaching out and asking for help, whatever it is, we know very well. We're super intuitive, super smart, and we know what holds us back. We know what we needed to do. And, and you write, acknowledging, assessing, acting upon, and then really uh, seeing what's working. And then doubling and quadrupling on that. When I saw that certain things were working or, or, or getting me further, that's exactly what I kept doing more, more, more till I get what I needed to do, right? And, and ultimately, it's like, oh, now I'm like feeling this is so good. I'm in good place. This is not issue anymore. And a lot of times people then go and find another issue. So I highly recommend not go there. Don't create a more, um, again, fear-based way of thinking. And that success actually, Anna, will propel everybody forward much more effectively. Yeah. I'm thinking about public speaking and I'm thinking about sports because one of the things of successful public speakers and the high-level sport people I think is that they learn, they still have the sen body sensations that many people interpret as fear, but yes. they interpret many times in high stake situations, they interpret that as excitement, as energy, as a force that they embrace to make them more alive and more uh, in the high performance zone when they need to. Do you, that, do you agree with that? That is so true. And specifically, if you're new to it, if you're not aware of it, if you don't know yourself very well, which is usually teenagers and younger adults. But for anybody that by then that played the sports, even not necessarily professionally, you know, or, or, or competed, you should know where, where that energy and drive is coming from. And it's very important, you spot on not to confuse it. But that adrenaline, that desire, of, of taking action and putting yourself out there and just seeing what's going to happen. And I always ask, uh, when people ask me, you know, how did you overcome? I was like, you know, I always thought about what is the worst thing that's going to happen. And then when you play out through four scenarios, it's like, oh my God, I got this. And even if that happens, I'm going to be okay. And because we're afraid to fail, we're fear, afraid to be rejected and we're afraid to uh, also, as interestingly enough, to succeed. And we dance between those top three uh, uh, fears so much. Uh, but the number one that it's been for quite a bit some time, it's the fear of being rejected. Yeah. Um, so whatever happens, if we're not performing well or not delivering what we're supposed to do, 
we're afraid what's going to be from the other side, how other side will receive us. And, and ultimately for a rejected, um, that will make us feel bad and not feeling good enough. And that's as a result, we're seeing a lot of fears and paralyzing um, moments in life when we don't go after things we should be going after. Yeah, and leave opportunities on the table. So I think a first action that people can take is get your book, The World Messenger, From Fear to Greatness, Business, Sport and Life Lessons. Uh, they can go Amazon, any place that your book is available, including in your website, correct? Yes. Yes, you can, all, all you can just, because it's easier to tap, you can just say the world, uh, tap the worldmessenger.com and you will be able to get uh, a special discounted and signed book copy. Love it. And where do people can learn more about you? And for instance, if we have people here in organizations that want to know, because you are also a very accomplished public speaker, if they want you to come and speak to in any event um, and know more about you, where should they go? Thank you so much for asking that. Obviously, my website is abellalumberg.com, but for sometimes that can be tricky for people to spell with for unique spelling of my name. But simply, you can find me also on LinkedIn and message me. I really uh, honor and respond to everyone that is reaching out to me and wanted to not only connect, but also uh, have a question. So between LinkedIn, my personal website is abellalumberg.com or theworldmessenger.com. And I will put on the show notes, but Isabella is I-Z-A-B-E-L-A, just with one L and with the Z. Uh, and uh, I will put this on the show notes. And you also have a very wonderful and powerful podcast. If people are listening in this podcast, they can look for yours. So what is the name of your podcast? It's called The Legacy Leader Show because it's all about phenomenal leaders, uh, including interview with Anna. You will find so many uh, golden nuggets and practical applications, how to lead better, how actually to overcome fears and how to thrive, how to step away from that survival mode and be in the thriving mode. Love that. And that is one of the reasons that I love to follow your work, because you truly, you, your story is an inspiration. The work that you do is always, and the people that you interview, we always can learn and get inspired to be there in the action mode, uh, finding that greatness. So thank you so much for being here. Anna, it was a pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. And I thank you for great questions. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.